Alright everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Wednesday, October 28th. It's a raw feed, fuck it, we're doing it live, I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. Hey Pat, so, I'm lying in bed right now. Okay, I'm not in, in shed. shed or? No. Not in shed, okay. Could you fit a bed in shed? If I move some stuff around, I could fit a bed in shed, yeah. Okay. But I'm currently in bed, not shed. So if you hear some some ruffling of uh, sheets, that's me. Okay. Interesting. Are you sitting or you're like prone lying on your back? I'm lying on my tum. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm kicking my feet up in the air like I'm watching okay. TV Saturday morning cartoons, buddy. Gotcha. So it's like you're on it's like you're on the phone calling your friends or like a like a a hotline I'm or something. Ca- I'm calling the party line. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. So I'm just switching it up. Yeah, I mean you gotta I mean, we gotta switch it up on the show in terms of whether we're in shed, whether we're in bed. Because the movies in the top ten are not switching it up quite as much. Well, we do have one. We do have one switch that I think is mm-hmm. very interesting. You probably know what I'm talking about, but let's dive in because okay. it is boring. So, so, other than this, no. well, I mean, it's never boring because it's still a top ten. It's still real numbers, low numbers, but numbers. You're right. It's always exciting. Yeah, it's. I mean, listen. This week we got a we got a huge show. We're of course going to start with the top ten at the box office. Top five. We got top five. Yeah. Well, we got it. We got to move quick because we got big stories on James Bond. Yes. Big story on Universal. Big story about Borat too. So there's a lot to get through today. This is a huge week in in movie box office. We also have Ghostbusters moving. Ghostbusters Afterlife, it, it got pushed back again. So why don't we just tackle that real quick right now? So when is Ghostbusters Afterlife coming out now? Well, I wasn't prepared to talk about it right Let's now. Let's see. I, I mean, I, I've heard about this move. I think they moved it to um, June, right? Or did yes. they move it again since then? No, they moved it... From March 5th to June 11th, 2021. Yes. So the big significance there that I read is it's basically opening on the same weekend that the original Ghostbusters did in, I guess, 84. So it's a little bit of symmetry there. Oh, nice. But not the same weekend that Answer the Call opened up. No, but I mean, that's a different franchise. Yes. When they do an answer the call two, it would be nice if they open answer the call two on the same weekend that answer the call opened up. Like, I think that would be nice to continue that franchise that way. Because, yeah, answer the call is not canon. Is not canon according to uh, Jason Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. So now that's coming out in June. Um. I mean, the thing about that move, A, it's smart because I think even as far off as 2021, you want to give yourself a little extra time, 
open up in the summer instead of the spring, let the vaccine circulate, you know, let the bad vaccines that don't work, those happen, and then the good vaccines come in. You know, you give yourself some time. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be opening up your giant movie during the first vaccine. No, no. Because there'll be several batches. Right, right, right. It's like iPhones. It's, you don't ever want to get the first one that shows up on the store. Yeah, you know. Exactly. I mean, listen, we're, we're getting into some weird territory here. What I'm saying is if you're a movie opening next year, open your movie with like, you know, a little further into the vaccine process. That's all we're saying. Yes. Agreed. We're pro vaccine, huh? We're pro movies, huh? Come on. Just, come on, huh? Um, well, the other thing about Ghostbusters moving to this weekend in June 2021 is it's starting to feel like, you know, Wonder Woman 1984 is still scheduled to open this December. Mm-hmm. And. There's, I mean, it's such a giant movie. It could just move into the summer and I guess move something out of its way. But like, there's not a lot of spots waiting for it next summer. You no, know, they're filling up. So, I mean, maybe we could, this is something we could spend an episode on soon. But it's like, is Wonder Woman really coming out in December? Is it not moving to the summer? Is that happening? Well, there, I mean, we got to get to this top five. Okay, we, we got it. it. But there's, there is God, an article so about this. Okay, how about we do? Let's do this top five, and then we'll get to some of these articles. Because okay. the listeners are sitting back there, they're like, "You're teasing so much stuff. Uh, you know, uh, you got to pull the trigger on something." The last thing is the last thing we would want is our listeners to turn us off and read an article. No, 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 no. No, you're here to listen and never have to read. So let's do it. Let's get into this top five. Are you ready? Do you want to kick us off? Yes. Number one, Honest Thief. Two million, two point three million, down forty two point eight percent. Still playing at two thousand five hundred theaters. Added theaters, seventy seven theaters. And it's at 7.4 cum. So this isn't bad. Not too shabby. No. No, it's, uh, I guess it's adding theaters in some of these cities or some of these states like New York State, which is opening up, you know, we talked about last week, New York State is opening up theaters outside of the city, you know, so the sort of the, the stacks of the coast are getting their theaters open. And so those are probably some of the theaters that Honest Thief added the last weekend. Yeah, so so still number one. Been number one for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean it's a it's a feather in Liam Neeson's cap. You know, the longer he sits up at number one, it's he's racking up the stats, you know, and I think he, here's who the who's a winner here. You want me to tell you who's a winner here? Liam Neeson's agent. Because when Liam Neeson's agent is setting up Liam Neeson's next payday and he's saying, you're getting a guy who's 
last movie sat at the top for five straight weeks, six straight weeks, whatever it ends up being. And the studio starts saying pandemic, this, that. Liam Neeson's agent is going to say, it is what it is. My man, five weeks at number one, that's what you're paying for. Back up the money truck. This guy's a top of the box office star. And he's got the stats, you know, he honest thief is going to be number one for a while. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. There is a movie coming out next week and we'll get to that. So it could fall off its perch. Okay. It's It's not as strong of a case for Liam Neeson's agent to say he was just number one for three weeks. You know, because they'll, they'll shoot back and say, okay, Dave Franco. Yeah. You know, he did it exactly. too. So, number two, War with Grandpa, 1.9 million, down 23.7% at 2.3, well, 2,000, th- fuck it, it's a raw feed. I'm in bed. What are you going from? I'm yeah. half awake. Or I'm half right. asleep. You're leaning on your elbows right I am now. on my elbows. Yeah. It's a very uncomfortable. Lying on your stomach in bed is one of the more overrated positions. Yeah, because I might as well be on the floor. Yes. You got to yes. be on your back in And bed. your back is like bending the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. There's a lower yeah. back pain. It's just, it, yeah, this was yeah. stupid. I made a... No, it was really dumb. You're trying to give a, th- a proper theater count while your back is bending the wrong way. It's impossible. I, Near impossible. I made a mistake. Yes. So, number two, War with Grandpa. I was saying 2,345 theaters, added 85 theaters. It's at 9.7 mil. Also, not too bad for this film. No. I mean, we've been saying War with Grandpa is basically doing about as well now as it would have done if it opened in regular times. Yeah. I think this this movie got a second life or a first life. That's the thing; it wasn't even going to have a life, really, at the theater mm-hmm. without COVID. Yes, yeah. So this is where it gets a little bit interesting. Number okay. three, The Empty Man, made one million three hundred and ten thousand dollars. And the reason I'm, do, I'm doing that is because you'll understand why when I get to the fourth movie on this list. Oh, yeah. I get it. At 2,027 theaters, no theater change, a cum of, of, wait, no, oh, oh, okay, here's the thing. Sorry. This is the, this opening, the opening weekend, weekend. of the episode. So we don't need a cue. Yeah, it wasn't a switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made $1.3 million this opening yeah. weekend. Um, but now I called this being that low. You were higher on the empty man. I thought it. Because you were like really into that, that like young Instagram star kid who's the star I was hoping, it. yeah. Okay. I was hoping we wouldn't go over this. I, I was hoping you wouldn't make me uh, admit that I was wrong. But I was. No, why would I do that? I know, I know. It was foolish. But, yeah, I was wrong. The Empty Man had no buzz. This is a bomb. 
And yes. the reason this is a yes. bomb is because this is a this is the perfect type of movie that has succeeded in theaters and drive-ins during COVID. A, a sort of thriller, mm-hmm. kind of scary movie. And the fact that this didn't come in number one or number two is a huge failure for this film. Yes, this this is an outright disaster. Because this also is not a PVOD same-day drop movie. This is a movie theater only movie right now. Yes. The only way you can see this is and the so the So the guy, the star of this movie that you were really high on is Joel Courtney from the Kissing Booth movie. Yes. And your last week, on and on, Joel Courtney's a star. Pat, you don't understand the kids. You don't know how big Joel Courtney is. Kissing Booth movies. He was the kid from Super 8. This is going to be big. Joel Courtney's a big star. And I think this opening of The Empty Man destroys that myth. The Joel Courtney is a star myth is dead today. Do you think he has a chance to make a comeback? Or is he done? I mean, listen, I think we all love a redemption story. We all love that arc. But this is, this really kicks, I would say, two wheels off the car. If Joel Courtney's career is a car... He's a two-wheeled car now. Well, all careers are cars. Well, they have right. car in them. So it's easier to call yes, a career exactly. a car because it's shorter. Right. 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 Just capitalize C-A-R and there you go. Yeah. I think that this is a, this is a huge disaster because you're right. This is the only type of movie that's really consistently worked in the pandemic box office times. You know, you've got all your IFC movies that overperform, The Relic and The Wretched and uh, The Rental, and Empty Man just just this flat-out bomb. So we're not here to celebrate Joel Courtney. We're here to bury Joel Courtney. Yes, yes. This is the memorial for Joel Courtney's big-screen career. Listen, Kissing Booth 3, I'm sure it'll come out on Netflix next year, and... Twitter will, will deem it a hit, mm-hmm. but that ain't box office numbers. You want to hear a box office number? Empty Man's per screen average was six hundred and forty-six. Well, listen, now we're just now we're just trying to throw out numbers to back up facts, which you know I don't like. Most of the mm-hmm. screen averages are very low. I mean. They are, but this is the opening weekend of a brand new movie, of a horror movie that's opening in mid-October, and that was opening with what you said was a brand new star in Joel Courtney. You're right. I was wrong, and it's unfortunate that the collateral damage from that was that Joel Courtney is now not a theatrical star, has no chance of being a theatrical star and is going to be stuck doing streamo movies into his forties until he then graduates to Hallmark films. Right. Because it's like, he's, 
in the age where now his streamo movies are Netflix, he will age out towards Amazon at some point. You age into Amazon or Hulu. And then, you know, he's aging into doing voodoo streamers, Tubi streamers, you know, the real middle-aged streaming company streamers. Yeah, so I'm not the story here, in other words. The story No, 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 you're not the story. You're listen, you're fine. Your your place in box office is, is is set. You're not going anywhere. Joel Courtney is the one who big new movie, first weekend, it it's doing, you know, it's it's doing uh a Playmobil numbers. Yeah, this is a Shocktober movie that shocked nobody except for Joel Courtney's people. Yeah. I mean it's like we were just talking about Liam Neeson's people, how they're going to get to crow about another number one uh, weekend at, uh, for Liam Neeson, top of the box office, third weekend in a row. I mean, Joel Courtney's people, they're, they have no idea how to spin this. How do you spin a $646 per screen average opening weekend for an October horror movie? It's, isn't it so... From a big studio, from a big studio, 20th century, and I know... Disney is burning off the, the 20th Century Fox movies. I get it. Still. But New Mutants, this, this New was Mutants a, did Baffa Bobo. Yep. And that was a burn-off. Yep. Exactly. So isn't it funny how fickle fate is where the conversation this week from Liam Neeson's people is touting him around town three weeks, number one. Joel mm-hmm. Courtney's people, if this movie would have unseated Honest Thief, would be going around saying, we unseated Liam Neeson. He thought he was going to yep. get three weeks in a row, but here comes Joel Courtney to piss on Liam's parade. You know, I bet yep. you they send some, they would have sent some sort of, you know, shitty backhanded present to Liam Neeson's yes. people just to gloat a little bit. You yes, know. yes. They would have they would have sent them an empty box from the empty man, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Exactly. And yeah. and and now it's it, that's not even a thing. Like they're not even they can't even get Liam Neeson's people on the phone. Joel Courtney's people. No. No. I bet you if Empty Man had opened the way they all hoped it would, if things had popped off like they planned it. Joel Courtney's people would have been going around town saying, you don't need Liam Neeson anymore because now there's Joel Courtney. So Taken 4, Walk Amongst the Tombstones 2, Nonstop 2, whatever sequels may have been in development for Liam Neeson properties. The Greys. The Greys, yes, the sequel to The Grey. Joel Courtney's people would have said, Let's do this with Joel Courtney instead of Liam Neeson. He's a bigger star. He unseated him at the box office. We'll give him to you at a slight discount. Let's make this happen. Taken for Joel Courtney. And I think that's a pipe dream now. Oh, that's... Joel Courtney's lucky if he's allowed uh, uh, to go to the premiere of Taken 4. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
you're not going to see any Getty images of him standing there smiling at the at no. the premiere of 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 Taken Four. No, no, unless he's waiting tables. I mean, could be like that's the thing is is Joel Joel Courtney's people aren't taking his calls, and Liam Neeson's people aren't taking Joel Courtney's people's calls. So it's a whole bunch nope. of new new phone numbers that are being blocked. Yeah. New phone who dis. There's a lot of that going around to Joel Courtney's people oh, right now. Yeah. So it's a shame. Empty Man is officially a bomb. Yeah. And I was wrong, you know? Sometimes you gotta put yourself out there. And we turn through so many episodes, no one's gonna remember this. No, no. People forget very quickly. They remember what we tell them to remember. Exactly. Which is great. So make sure to yeah. forget this. But what's interesting about The Empty Man mm-hmm. is that it so narrowly beat Tenet. Tenet mm-hmm. is now the number four movie in America. 1.3 even. Down 18.8%. Only at 1,801 theaters now, which is a drop of 200 yeah. theaters for a cum of 52 $5 million. The run of Tenant, I think, is coming to a close. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see it shedding theaters because now we're at a point where theaters, even though there aren't new blockbusters opening, you know, it's not like Wonder Woman 2 is open, so you just throw it on all those screens. They're just taken tenant out of these theaters because no one's going to see it well also i think you know there's certain theaters that are just like listen we can't get any more people to come in to see tenant it's over and i think there's gotta be a certain level of employee burnouts mm-hmm. having to walk into a theater showing tenant these poor right. guys and gals have to walk in there and make a big show of cleaning, spray mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cleaner, quote unquote, all over the place, vacuum the floors, do all the stuff that they normally have to do, and it's like right, right, make make the make the vacuum sound when they move the vacuum over the rugs. It's not plugged in, obviously, because they're making a show. Well, yeah, absolutely, which is great. I mean, God bless the people work in these movie theaters. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they're they are they're like they're on the front lines, but yeah, it's just yeah. a piece of tubing that they're just running up and down the floor, making mouth sounds. Right. So I think there's th- th- them saying, "Listen, I can't listen to the end credit music of Tenant anymore. I just mm-hmm. can't do it. I can't do it. It's been eight weeks." It's playing on every screen. Nobody's coming. It's just, it's making me sad. Right. And that's what they're saying to their managers. They're saying, it's making me sad. Tenant is making me sad. Mm Mm-hmm. So you think that Tenant is losing screens partially because of business, but more so because the employees are standing up and demanding it. This is a, this is a... Um, uh, like a, a worker backlash situation. Yeah. This is, this is like 
nor nor uh norma ray norma ray yes yes yes. i was gonna say nora jean Uh, but that's isn't that marilyn manson's real name that's marilyn manson's oh i mean i'm sorry marilyn Uh, marilyn 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 Monroe. monroe yeah Everybody yeah, knows yeah, Marilyn yeah. Manson is actually the nerd from uh, Wonder Years. Yes. So, yes, this is a Norma Ray situation where employees are standing up for themselves. They're fighting for their basic rights. And, I mean, these are, you know, people working in a movie theater, frontline employees, it's a rough job. They're not getting compensated the way they should. But they had to draw a line in the sand, and it seems like that line in the sand is we can't watch part of Tenant while we're looking at our phone anymore. Yeah. Because they have to walk in and check the box. You know how they always walk in and have to check that box three times? They always got to check. Is that a tabernacle? I, I, it, I, it might be. I don't like to question that because, you know, freedom of religion. This is America after all. Every time, every time, and I mean, this has been something I've watched theater employees do since I started going to movies when I was like six. Every time I see an employee go over and check that box, there's always a split second where I forget that every screening someone will check that box. And I always get like a tinge of worry when I see the employee check the box. Yeah. Because I always just forget what is going on. Like, what? Are, why are they checking that? Exactly. Because you think, Who is, is there that? something wrong with the box? Yes. But yes. they're checking. I always think there's something wrong with the box. They're checking to make sure there isn't anything wrong with the box. I feel like right. if there was something wrong with the box, you would see more than one. And you would see a manager. Right, right. You would see a crowd of employees checking the box. But it's always just one employee checking the box. But, yeah, these employees, they got to check that box. And they're sick of checking the box and having to listen to Tenet again. Yeah. Because there's never been a time. You know, I, I I guess back in the old days of movie theaters in the 50s or 60s or, you know, maybe early 70s. You'd have one movie played a movie house for months. But in modern times, the employees who are working now, they've never experienced something like this where basically there's no new movies. It's the same movie over and over and well, again. So they've never had to check the box this frequently with the same movie And playing. here's the rub. Here's the difference between movies playing that long back then and now those movies were hits those movies were beloved yep. movies you think that there is anybody in 1977 complaining about checking the box during star wars right. i don't think so it this movie exactly. is a unloved bomb that is playing on every screen for 8 weeks that's torture right. i feel like this is an osha situation you got to get OSHA involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe then that is our, um, 
this platform that we have, the BO Boys. We don't take it lightly. Podcast about box office. No, we don't. And we we rarely use it to advocate. You know, like right now, a lot of people with platforms are advocating for a lot of things. We don't no. do that. But this might be a situation where we need to start using the power of the BO Boys platform and advocate for the removal of tenant so that these movie theater employees could finally check the box, make a show of cleaning, stand there with a broom while they look at their phone, all the different things. And they could do that without having to watch tenant anymore because it has got to be, like you said, it's a bomb. It's a sad, it's a reminder of the current failure of movie box office yeah. and that has to be traumatizing for these employees it, they're checking the box they might as well be checking uh, uh the gravestone of of the theatrical movie exactly with with tenant playing while they check yeah, the box they're they're shining a flashlight exactly i love that they're shining a flashlight on a gravestone not a box it's a gravestone right. now to them right 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 Whereas if you're an employee and you get to check the box during some of these catalog movies that are coming out, you know, we're looking down the list, Nightmare Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus, Monsters, Inc., Adam's Family. You check the box during those screenings, you're feeling upbeat. You feel not that you're checking a tombstone, but you feel like you're checking a box. Yeah, some of these kids weren't born when these movies came out. Yes, so they're enjoying. They didn't get to see, I mean that's, they didn't get to see it on the big screen, but now they are. Right. Right. So so that's an, a a welcome respite for these uh movie theater employees when they get to check the box while Hocus Pocus is playing. But when they have to check the box during Tenant it's depressing because it makes them worry about their jobs too. Right. Every time they see right. tenant still playing and, and, and nothing new coming in to take its place. It's like, well, I could be out of a job soon. This could be the last time I check a box ever. Yeah. So I, I think that's something we need to start advocating for is it is really time to cycle tenant out and get anything else in there, not just as a business move, but as a humane move for all of these employees of the theater who are sick of walking in on a part yeah, of tenant. Make no mistake, Pat. This is a human rights issue. Right. This goes beyond just theaters this goes beyond this is about people i had a friend who worked in a movie theater when we were teenagers i guess it would have been and he always would talk about the summer he worked in a movie theater during the uh historic all-time great box office run of and i think you might Guess which movie I'm about to say. Titanic. There's something about oh, Mary. Oh, fuck. So he was an employee 
during the There's Something About Mary summer into fall. That amazing run where that movie opened like number four or five. And every week it moved up in the rankings till it finally hit number one in like September after opening in the summer. And he always talks about how many times he saw that movie because it played forever. It just played for months and months. It had like a, you know, an old style Godfather type run. But think of the difference there where he would keep walking into a, there's something about Mary screening, holding his mop, checking the box, and everyone would be laughing. The theater would be filled to a higher capacity than it had been the week before. You know, money is rolling in like you're you're in a Vegas casino. They they couldn't get that something about Mary money counted in the back fast enough. So that's the type of movie that you want to keep walking in for six, seven months straight. Tenant is not that movie. No. You're right. I mean, it needs to go. And it needs to go now. It needs to go. It for this for the uh, the mental health of these employees who have to keep walking into this goddamn screening room and seeing Tenant over and over again. It's gone too far, and it's been on too mm-hmm. long. Eight weeks now. Eight weeks of of subjecting our movie theater employees to this abject failure that is not entertaining that is obtuse and telling them go check the box yeah i i mean i think it, it's 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 almost like a it's almost like an experiment now it feels like to them right right it's got to feel like this right. is this is some sort of crazy groundhog day that they're stuck in only they don't get to watch groundhog day they have to watch tenet right Yes. Do the Groundhog Day experiment on these employees. Fine. We're not against human subjects. Oh, of course not. But use Groundhog Day. That's an endlessly rewatchable movie that I would check a box for, for God, a year. Yes. I'd have no problem checking that box. So, I mean, it's almost as if Tenet is now being subsidized by, uh, like, university psychology departments where they're like, listen, I know Tenet's bombing. Keep in the theater because we're getting really good data on what happens when you keep subjecting human beings to a depressing stimulus over and over and over again. We're getting really, really interesting results. Yeah, what are the long-term effects of a bomb on mm-hmm. theater employees? Because that's the thing. Usually bombs come and go. Empty man, yes. The empty man will be out of theaters in right after Halloween. It's gone. Yes. So you don't know what, uh, what a long-term bomb does to people because there's never been a situation where a bomb could stay in theaters for this long. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we don't know what's going to happen here. You're right. This is the first time in history 
in which something that has been rejected as soundly as Tenet at a movie theater continues to play over and over and over again. And the movie theater employee was not built that way. They were not built to withstand this many viewings of a bomb. You know, so here's the thing, though. They were they were built to withstand a lot of viewings of a hit. They were built to be able to walk in on the end of a long-running successful movie. That is how their brains have been shaped over the generations. But the their brains have not been shaped to be able to walk in on a bomb this many times. This is just not what the human movie theater employees' uh, uh, physical and psychological makeup has, has, has evolved to. Well, but here's what I'm going to say. Is now I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens. Okay. Because we are in uncharted territory. And mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, it's a human rights issue, blah, blah, blah. But what about the greater good? What about if they could learn from this experiment and figure out a way to make, you know, these these theater workers just bulletproof when it comes to bombs? Like, not that they would ever need to because – well, that's the that's but, but it. it. I mean, do, then then we might be in a situation where movie theaters just start releasing bombs just because they know the employees now could withstand it. But I feel like if we can do something, why not do something? Yeah, you know. So mm, I'm actually saying I mean, keep Tenet in for the long haul. Okay, so then we're splitting the platform because I'm still saying. We got to get Tenet out. We got to care for the psychological uh, well-being of our movie theater employees. You're using your half of the platform to advocate more Tenet. I'm perversely curious. Okay. And it's funny because at the beginning of this, I really was advocating for human rights. And now I just don't think it's that important in this case. Okay. All right. Well... It's a split of the platform then. You know, Siskel and Ebert, sometimes we give one thumbs up, one thumbs down. They'd split. So we're splitting on this. I say get Tenet out of the theaters, save these employees before their brains melt. And I want to see if their brains will melt. I mean, listen, I flip-flopped during this conversation, and I can flop back. Yeah. I will think about it. We'll check in at the end of the episode, see if you flop back. Okay. Great. So that's number four, Tenet. What's number five? Number five, Nightmare Before Christmas re-release made $577,000, down 56.4% at 1,614 theaters. And it's made about $1.9 million in its run, not too shabby now Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about this is that it's not interesting it's a it's a beloved movie for i think millennials and i think millennials mostly right 
Yeah, I feel like our generation is... It's a movie we like, but it's not a cherished, nostalgic movie. And by our generation, you're referring to Xennials. Xennials. Well, we're, we're Gen X. I mean, we've had this debate before, but... Yeah. But here's what's interesting. And we did the top five, but we're going to just talk about Hocus Pocus real quick, because number six, Hocus Pocus, made mm-hmm. $530,000, down 29.9%, still in... A little over 1,200 theaters. Here's why I'm mentioning this. I said next weekend, Mm -hmm. this coming weekend, Hocus Pocus would make more money in the weekend than Tenet. You did say that. And it's looking like that won't happen. But I feel like... There will be a group of people who are going to see Hocus Pocus in the theater on Halloween night. Because remember, Halloween is on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Hocus Pocus is going to draw a lot of focus <laughs> from consumers. Mm-hmm. And I think it happens. I think Tenet drops down to... About a million, maybe a little under. Okay. And Hocus Pocus doubles what it made this week when people get into the Halloween spirit, and that still happens. I am still saying that it'll happen. That Hocus Pocus will make. So here's. I'll say, well, I'll say definitively, Hocus Pocus will make more on Saturday than Tenet will. But I I can't make that specific of a thing because that's kind of a cop out. It's got to be a weekend. But I think it will make... So you think... You go. I was going to say, so you think Hocus Pocus has a shot in making more over the weekend than Tenet, but it'll be It'll close. be close. I think if things shake out well, I think if the weather, you know, weather permitting, I think people will go see Hocus Pocus on Halloween weekend, and that'll drive it over Tenet. So here's here's one more question I'll pose to you. Great. What do you think of these three of these three movies next weekend? What do you think will make more over Halloween weekend? Tenant, Hocus Pocus, or a unnamed, yet to be released Halloween catalog film? Well, the unreleased catalog film will have to make more than all of them because it will be a new re-release. So therefore, exactly. people will want... So if, say, the Halloween that came out last Halloween? No, two Halloweens ago. Jeez. Mm-hmm. The David Gordon Green directed one. If that comes back out, I feel like that... That could be number one. That could be number one. That's interesting. Um, or the one that you keep, you've brought up a lot on this show, Scream. Scream. If Scream came out, um, you know what? Let's let's put a pin in that and we'll, of course, end the show with our predicted top fives. Yes. So how's that for That's a, tease? a great tease. So let's move on okay. to Bond. 
James Bond. Yes. So we have got, and I know we said we'd speed through that top five, but there was just too much there. Um, We've got a couple of articles that will use our jumping off points for these topics by, of course, the great Scott Mendelson, uh, box office writer for Forbes. Um, Someone that, listen, he's always going to be someone that we're discussing. And so one of his articles this week was about the rumors, the talks going around town in Hollywood that several streamers are bidding a lot of money to get the rights to put Bond, the next James Bond movie, No Time to Die. They want to buy the rights to it so that they could put it on a streamer. So Apple TV and Netflix have both been in conversations with MGM and reportedly have offered $600 million for the rights to have the next Bond movie skip theaters and go straight to a streaming service. Um, And just to recap real quickly, in his article on Forbes, Scott Mendelson, he makes the case that if that were to happen and MGM sells the rights to the next Bond movie to go straight to a streamer, that would be the death knell for the James Bond series as a theatrical uh, uh, franchise. So what do you think about that? Do we agree with Scott Mendelson that if No Time to Die ends up on a streamer, the Bond series is finished? Here's 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 my thing. Okay. I I don't know how much Bond has left in the tank, number one. Huh. Only because that that really is I mean the They've been doing for the past three films. This this Bond is old. This Bond mm. needs to retire. in the, In the second film, Daniel Craig did, or is the third film? People were this, acting like this guy's ancient. This will be the fifth Daniel Craig Bond. It'll be the fifth. Yeah. Yes. And so, and he's I feel been like, he's been old and crabby for all of them. Yeah, I think the I think the first two are the only times that somebody doesn't say, "Okay, okay, boomer." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that phrase and, started in the Bond in the Daniel Craig Bond movies before it moved to Twitter. Oh yeah, Skyfall. Yeah, it happened in Skyfall. So I I don't know how much gas has in the tank now. The last film was uh, was a very big hit, but. I also think that the whole landscape of the business is changing. And yes, if this movie went to Netflix or Apple Plus, I think most likely Apple Plus because they are trying to make a name. They are putting out money left and right. Mm -hmm. I think if this movie goes to Apple Plus, say, which is not going to happen, but say it does, I think... A lot of people can chalk this up to it's just the timing, it's just the climate right now. I don't think that's going to keep people from going to see another Bond in the theater in three or four years. I don't think people will think, oh, well, now he's direct to streaming, so he's 
so so what like this is a a a, a direct to DVD character now. You you don't think that if the next Bond movie goes straight to Netflix, that Bond becomes Universal Soldier? That's ex- that's what I was trying to come up with. Thank you yeah. so much. The, I don't think that's going to happen because people will want to watch him, and people will still think. Oh, okay. Well, it's COVID, so obviously this is just a good business move. Because I also read an article that the delay of No Time to Die is costing MGM a million dollars a month. Really? So they're based they're on losing. on like their licensing partnerships that they made. Yeah, it's costing them a million dollars in interest every month. Jeez. So they're sitting on this thing that's just leaking money, and right. then all of a sudden these streamers are saying. Oh, six hundred million dollars. I think you might need to take that, and I don't think that diminishes anything. I don't think that's gonna that's going like Soul going to Disney Plus isn't gonna make people think, oh, Pixar. That's like Don Bluth now, right? I mean, the thing though is something like Soul, even though it's a Pixar movie, is still a one-off uh, uh, character or franchise. You know, like. You don't think of Soul whenever the next Pixar movie comes out, but you will think of Bond very specifically whenever the next Bond comes out. I I am, though, more in your camp on this one than I am the great Scott Mendelson of Forbes. I think that there's, like you said, it's very specific times. People know... Things are not normal now. Things that happen now don't necessarily, you know, predict what's going to happen in the future. I also think that you could almost treat this bond as like a burnoff because it's the last Craig bond and they'll get a big fresh start with the next bond because it will be a different actor. And I think that's your hook for when the next bond movie opens up in the theaters again. Yeah. Is okay. We know the last one you watch it for free on Netflix. Good for you. You save some money, but you're going to have to shell it out now and go to the theater to see, you know, I don't know whoever the whoever the new Bond is. Uh, it could have been Joel Courtney, but obviously it's not going to be Joel Courtney now. Who? Exactly. So that's the big hook when you release the next Bond in the theater. Is it's a new Bond? It's a and young it's not Bond, Joel right? It's not Joel Courtney, but it's a young Bond. It's a happy Bond. It's you know, you it's no more sad old. You know, uh, I I could barely walk. Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm going to use an example of a character in a film that came out this past weekend. Okay. That proves that not only can you do Bafo Stremo mm. and it can revitalize a franchise, mm-hmm. but makes people excited for the possibility of maybe a theatrical mm. sequel to this sequel in the future. I know and I'm talking going. Borat 2. Yep. 
I'm talking Borat 2, which is a buzzy comedy which we haven't had in years. It is a it is making impact on culture in a way that normally theatrical films do. Right. So it opened on Amazon Prime this past weekend. Yes, and they paid a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. And boy, did it pay dividends because everybody's talking about Prime right now. And everybody's talking about Borat too. And everybody's talking about Giuliani. Did he, is he tucking? Is he untucking? Is he taking his microphone pack off? What's going on there? Right, right. So that is something that if you can get that kind of talk going, and you can get that kind of buzz from going straight to a streamer, which most people would say, oh, well, Borat 2 is on a streamer. Well, that's lame. That's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. That's legacy thinking. You can't think legacy anymore. Right. you got to think future. And I think Bond goes to Netflix, Apple Plus, any of these places. People will think it's a treat. They're going to love it. And then it's going to make them say, well you know what, I can't wait till I can see one of these on the big screen again in three or four years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I so, don't think it diminishes it at all. I think it I think it makes people more willing and able to talk about it. Right, because the last Bond movie in the theaters, Spectre, was, I'm looking at the numbers here, and it was a movie that was a worldwide hit, you know, made its $800 million worldwide, $879 million worldwide. But domestic in the United States, it only made $200 million on the nose. So, like, Spectre was not some kind of, like, buzzy, beloved, water cooler movie event. It just wasn't. But if you like you said, if No Time to Die drops on Netflix, A, MGM gets that six hundred million in cold cash, which they need, but it does have the chance to get people talking about Bond. And maybe what Bond needs to do is take a page out of Borat. And like you said, Borat two, the thing that got everyone talking was the Giuliani scene. You know, what was he doing on that bed with his hands out his pants? Mm-hmm. And if Bond, No Time to Die, goes straight to streaming, is there room for it to get a Giuliani cameo in the movie that maybe plays off of the buzz from Borat? Yeah, I mean... I- or, or someone like Giuliani. You know, I don't know who that would be, who's his sort of level of stardom if you can't get Giuliani or if you don't want to do, you know, you don't want to be seen as straight up copying Borat too. But you know what I mean? Something that plays to uh, uh, social media a little bit It would more. have to be the British version of Giuliani. Right. So like, like some uh, British guy that everybody talks about on British Twitter that we don't know about, but or, then we'll or the hear or the prime it. minister of of uh, of uh, the UK. Yeah, that's the kind of person I was talking about. Right. So that happens. Yeah, definitely. You throw that in there. Is that Boris Johnson? It is Boris something. Yes. So you get him in the Bond movie. 
you know, Bond, I'm sure there's already an action scene set at a swanky hotel. He's going room to room looking for the assassin or the assassin's looking for him, whatever. And you just have a scene where he he pops into a room. Boris Johnson's taking his mic off, putting his hands down his pants. Bond moves on. And it's something for Twitter to buzz about when the Bond movie goes to Netflix. Yeah. And Borat 2, listen, Borat 2 ended with vote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right at the end of that movie, it said go out and vote. Yep. I mean, if Bond would have dropped on Netflix, at the end of Bond, he put go out and vote. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been big. There's probably not enough time to make this deal happen and to drop Bond ahead of the U.S. election this weekend. Yeah, vote in four years then. Right, 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 right. Don't stop voting. Something like that. Some kind of messaging, yeah. Don't make us have to remind you in four years. Yes. Don't make us have to make a funny video. Right. Just vote every four years. Right. Yeah. Or I mean, there's you also vote every two years, right? I mean, there's a lot of voting. There's always there's, elections going on. It's too much. It's too much voting. Well, maybe that's the bond message then. Who knows? Maybe it's just too much voting. But I, yeah. There's I too much to, voting and not enough people voting. Yeah, that could be their message. It start. You got to get it down to like a two-word message though. So they got to figure that out. But. I yeah, I think I agree and I think I disagree with Scott Mendelson that it makes sense to put bond if you're going to get 600 million. Obviously, you don't sell this property cheap. Because like we said, worldwide this movie made 879. You know, Spectre made 879 in 2015. So, you don't sell it cheap, but yeah, you need that cash. And and you just get some buzz. And then, like I said, you end this movie maybe with a tease. Where at the end of the movie, Daniel Craig's Bond is digging his own grave. Or I don't know how they're going to end this. He walks into a grave. And you tack on a message of you want to see the new Bond, the young Bond. That you'll see in a couple of years in a movie theater. So get ready, start saving up. Yeah, start saving up. Yep. That's the message I, at the end of this movie. No voting. The end of the this new Bond movie, if it goes to streaming, is start saving up because the next Bond is back in the theater. And by that point, theater going is going to be like the opera, so the ticket's going to be 75 to $125. Right, right. So be lucky that we we let you have this one because right. it ain't going to be that cheap next time. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that's the way to go is use this one-time only streaming bond as a way to advertise the return to theaters of bond in a couple of years. But I will say what I will give Mendelssohn. Okay. Well, who we love. Who we love. Who we love. Legacy box office analysts. Yes. You got to respect him. Yep. So I do think that 
Bond was the first to move when mm-hmm. COVID in our minds was maybe not going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. When it moved, everything changed. Mm-hmm. If No Time to Die went to a streamer, it would be the biggest film to go to a streamer ever. Yes. And it would change the business, at least temporarily. I think you would see Wonder Woman going to HBO Max. I no. know you hate when I say that. That ain't happening. But all bets are off, bro, when that when this kind of stuff happens. Like, if No Time to Die goes to a streamer, anything can go to a streamer. I think it opens Pandora's box to a lot of moves and a lot of things that wouldn't happen if No Time to Die stayed firm and held its ground. I do think that would happen. And I don't know if that, I don't think that that would harm Wonder Woman as a franchise. I don't think it would do any of that stuff. I think it would just be, this is a weird time. This is what we need to do to make our money back. Let's leverage these streaming services needing to make a name for themselves. Now, the Wonder Woman thing is different because Warner Brothers and HBO Max are tied together. This Netflix thing would be somebody comes in and buys it. Well, there's two huge differences there in that, yes, MGM is getting paid money to move Bond to a streamer, whereas... Well, yeah, Warner Brothers would have to make the calculation that if they moved it to their HBO service, they would get some money and increase subscribers. So, like, it's not as uh, uh, direct of a payment there. The other thing is Warner Brothers, I'm sure they're losing out on money by not putting Wonder Woman out now. But also, they are a lot more financially sound than MGM is. Warner Brothers yeah. is like part of a telecom corporation. You know, in the end, Warner Brothers uh, uh, movies make probably like 3% of the parent companies. Like, you know, they sell in refrigerators and, and warheads. Yeah, exactly. They're making missiles. So MGM, MGM I think, only money. has Bond. Yes. Yes. MGM is basically like a front you know they're they're a shell corporation to distribute bond so they need to start making money off a of bond they're not in the same position as warner brothers is true i just do think it changes the rules a little bit yeah i i'm still holding firm on you know wonder woman ain't uh opening on a streamer no man i don't know I just don't know. It's going to depend on how this election goes and how this winter goes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Bond thing is definitely a story we'll be covering as it develops. And we'll be covering the takes of other box office uh, uh, analysts like Scott Mendelson. And, you know, Scott Mendelson, we know you listen. We know you're a wannabe old boy. Come on the show. Come on the show. show. And we don't always listen. We love talking about your articles, stating your takes. But why don't you come on here and you could state your own take. You could mix it up with us. 
When we disagree, you could disagree back, or maybe you change your mind on air. Either one will be interesting. Yeah, interrupt us live instead of screaming over us while you're listening. Yes, yes. Which we know you're doing. You're out on your run. Got to keep it tight. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're listening to us and you're saying, no, I didn't mean that. No, you're not getting the nuance of what I wrote. No, it's I don't mean that. You know, you're screaming and you need to have your breath. Right, right. You need to have your breath for your jog. Or you look like a maniac out in the middle of the street. People are just watching this this guy running down the street yelling out loud, you're you're misquoting me. You're not getting the nuance of my article. And someone uh, on the other side of the street is yelling, are you okay? And Scott Mendelson is yelling back at them. I'm I'm listening to the Bo Boys. They're 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 disagreeing with me. And then that person on the other side of the street they yell back. Well, why don't you just go on the show? Go on the Bo Boys. Yeah, go on the show. Go on the show. Go on the show. You need to silence the people on the street that are screaming at you to go on our show. Yes. So Scott Mendelson. The invitation is out there. Email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. So that address is, of course, for all of our listeners, but especially for one particular listener, Scott Mendelson of Forbes. Email us, theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know when you want to come on. Because I, 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 it's it's gone too far. It's gone too long. You, you got to come on the show. Yeah. Well, Pat, I mean, do we... We've packed so much into this episode. Do we want to just go to next weekend? Yes. And, let's... And ta- say, let's. God, we got to get to this. Yeah, let's give our predictions for next weekend. Well, what's coming out? What's the big new well, movie coming out? So we've got a we've got the Alita Battle Angel re-release. I just don't think that that's going to make much of an impact. I think that's a top ten. That ain't a top five movie. It doesn't feel uh, like it's of the moment. Like we said, this coming weekend is Halloween weekend, and Alita yeah. Battle Angel is a special effects action movie, but it doesn't feel Halloween seasonal. Yeah, so I, I I don't think that's really anything we need to talk about any further. The big movie is Come Play, mm-hmm. which is a... S- spelled, just to be clear, the movie is spelled C-O-M-E-P-L-A-Y. Yeah. The, yeah. Come the, Play, the, like, like a command, like Come Play With Me. That's, yeah, it's not like you're playing with... Liquid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so, Jillian Jacobs starring film. Now, a box office pro has this opening between one and six million dollars. Mm-hmm. They have it at 2.5. It's opening in 1,800 theaters, right? So, it's not getting a big, big release. So, we got to keep that in mind. Okay. But here's the thing. It is a scary movie. It is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And the theater is not full of those right now. The one that is the the one that is playing is, as we know, not doing very well. Mm-hmm. The Empty Man, which is not really a horror movie, but that's like a thriller. And it's, it was meant for this time of year. It was meant for Shocktober. Now, 
I we were you know we were saying that honest Steve could fall. I was saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you necessarily believe that. Do you think that come play is another empty man? God. So you're you're reading somewhere that it's only going to open in 1800 theaters. So that that's the big thing there because if you told me come play that's an well, estimate though. It's an estimate. Yeah, cuz if it opens in closer to the amount of theaters that War with Grandpa which has 2300 theaters or Honest Thief which has 2500 theaters if it were to open in around that many theaters i would say it would beat both of them and go to number 1 because so this movie is about a uh child so Jillian Jacobs child uh becomes haunted by a long-limbed monster named Larry. So it is basically the movie version. We talked about this before we went on air of remember the Momo challenge from a few years ago where all the the parents thought that there was this thing called Momo that would pop up in the middle of like a kid's YouTube video and, and tell them to like, I don't know, go eat your parents or something like that. You know, they would Momo would come on and he'd say, Hey, you know, stab someone. Right. Momo will come on and he'd say, hey, uh, eat your parents. And so this is like a movie version of that, it seems. It seems like Come Play is taken from a little bit of the Momo mythology. Okay. So it's an interesting concept. It is a feels like a real movie. You know, it doesn't feel like the... IFC Films Summer of 2020 horror movies. You know, well. is a recognizable actress. Um, so this, if it gets the theater count, you know, because we don't know for sure, all these numbers that are out there are projections. If it gets the theater count, I think it'll open number one. And it's focus features. It's a, you know, it's a real studio behind it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is we got to think it's Halloween weekend. Literal, actual Halloween falls on a Saturday. So people are going to go see Hocus Pocus. They're going to go see Come Play. Yeah. I, and then with that title, you know, if people... Don't read the title, but they're told it. You might also draw a certain other type of audience that's like... The pervs. Yeah. The pervs will, will, will say, oh, what did you say? It's called Come Play? Yeah, I'll, I'll go see Come Play. Listen, so you'll get, the pervs and, made good boys a hit. Yes. So don't underestimate the power of the perv. Yeah. The perv dollars are still green. They're rumpled. They're sticky, but they're green. They're green. they're a little wet. Yeah, but they're green. They're green. Um. So yeah, you'll get some pervs who will end they're up. They're laminated. See. Yes. Uh, the pervs will go see come play, and I think if it gets a theater count, I think this. I'm looking at the poster now, and you're like, Jillian Jacobs is the kind of actress who it makes sense for her to be the star of a surprise hit horror movie 
You know, she's got that big expressive face. She's got the horror movie poster eyes. I, this feels like a hit. She also did all those Coke commercials that were playing before movies. Yes. Before COVID. And I think a lot of people were like, oh, the Coca-Cola girl, she got a movie? Yep. I got to see that. Yep. Those were, everyone loved those ads that played before movies because they were like very wry. You know, she was like, I'm doing an ad, but I'm making fun of ads. I'm not doing an ad. Her whole thing was like, drink a Coke or whatever, which I think really played well. I think people were really into those Jillian Jacobs Coke commercials before movies. Um, Yeah, I think they were universally beloved. Yes, yes. Um, I can't think of anybody who hated those. No, no. You either either love those or you are like, or whatever, which you were, which was the spirit of her ads. Yes, it worked. Yes. Um, So, yeah, she's, she's, she's primed for this to be a hit. So I am going to say this will open up number one. Why not? Come Play is going to open number one next week. Now, here's a question, though. Yes. What if the pervs... Right. ...get the first part wrong... Okay. ...in the title, Mm -hmm. but also then get the second part wrong and think it's an actual play... Not that the, he's they're going to see, like, real people, but that it's based on a play, and it's going to be boring because it's a play, and that makes them not come. Come okay. to the theater. Come to the theater. Um, right? Like, because it I is a title pervs, that can be misconstrued. Yeah. I think the pervs would still want to see a come play because they... They're they're gonna want to see come play in whatever form it comes. That's I mean I think as soon as they get that first word they don't they don't really read any further. Right, right. They're they halfway don't need... there. Their pants are on their around their ankles as they're out the door, which is exactly how they wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. And they're just holding out that wet, crumpled dollar just yelling out with their mask on, you know, under their nose, of course. Of course. But it's the pervs, you get it. And they're just holding out that dollar, yelling, take my money, take my money, come play. Yeah. God, and you know they don't wash those masks either. No. No. They're wet, but it's not from the water in the sink. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah, I think in that scenario, the only question is, will the perv make it all the way to the theater in order to buy the ticket? Or will they trip? Will they be arrested? Will they be uh, uh, mocked and yelled at back into their homes before they could get to the movie theater? Will they finish on the bus? Right. Right, right. Will they be allowed on the bus because they're not wearing their mask over their nose, their pants around their ankles, you know, and the only way for them to get to their local indoor hardtop movie theater is on the bus. 
there's so many variables. Uh, you never know what's going to activate the pervs. Right. So I think Kumpale can't fully bank on all the perv dollars, but I do think there will be enough of a uh, uh, Halloween crowd that even if the pervs don't make it all the way to the theater with their crumpled wet dollars, the horror crowd, the young crowd, will still make this number one. Wow, so you have confidence in Cumplay. Yep. Yeah, I, Pat of the B.O. Boys, I am uh, vouching for Cumplay. Okay, so, so Cumplay is number one. Yes, I'll go. For you. Com- yeah, for for okay. for me, come play comes first. Uh, after come play, I think I go. Yeah, I go straight down the line. I think it's uh, you got to start with come play, move on to honest thief, number two, war with grandpa, number three. I will go with un. Named uh, horror movie catalog film re-release as number four, and then Tenet as number five. So you don't think Hocus Pocus is gonna? I don't think so because if it's shedding theaters, and if I'm already predicting there will be a new catalog film, I think that new catalog film gets a lot of screens, and. I'll go with which is the one that you're going to go with. What do you think is the is the catalog film that comes out this weekend? Are you going with the Danny McBride Halloween? I mean, that's the one I I kept saying Scream a lot. So maybe maybe I go with the horse that brought me and I'm going to I'll go with Scream. Okay, so then I'll go with the Halloween from two years ago, and I'll say that comes in at number four and ten it comes in at five. Great. Okay. Come play number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. Number two, Honest Thief. Mm-hmm. Number three, Scream. Okay. Catalog film. Mm-hmm. Number four, I got to do it, Hocus Pocus. Okay. Number five, Tenet. So you think War with Grandpa is falling from two to six? Yeah. Wow. I think the kids are staying away from the pervs that are coming to see the play. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of people going to see Hocus Pocus instead. Interesting. And the grand, so then you think the grandpas are have seen war with grandpa or have moved on at this point? I think so. Maybe they're going to see Hocus Pocus because I mean, at this point, Hocus Pocus is it play to a you know, are the grandpas nostalgic for it? I, I get mixed up on what generation Hocus Pocus is for. It's for us, okay. And people younger, a little okay. bit younger. Gotcha. Okay, so not grandpas. Not grandpas, I don't think. But yeah, all right, so that's our top fives. That's great. That's a great top five. 
Well, Pat, you told Scott Mendelson where he could uh, find us, but where can everybody else find us? They could all find us at the same spot, which is our email address, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Email us. Let us know what you think of Come Play. Give us your opinions, Your whether you're looking forward to Come Play, whether you are not a fan of uh, seeing Come Play. Let us know, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. And of course, Scott Mendelson, email us and let's set a date already. Come on. Come play with you us. You know you want to. So, Patreon, we're not doing Patreon right now. Our Patreon is frozen. But we do want to shout out our boy, Jake Fogelnest. Mm-hmm. He's got a Patreon. And Pat, you, you've, been, you've been checking out that Patreon a lot, right? Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time over at the Jake Fogelness Patreon recently. Um, it's just, it's it's always a really good time. I've been really enjoying myself. Uh, he's just doing a lot of cool stuff over there, and I've been having a blast. So I would say the more the merrier over at the Jake Fogelness Patreon page. He's got Squirt TV clips, Squirt TV full episodes. Squirt TV commentaries, and he's also just like he's talking about what's going on now, which I think is always really fun. He's given his opinion on uh, new pop culture, so not just Squirt TV, even though that would be more than enough. He's just talking about a whole lot of things, and it's just you know, it's a it's a really cool place to be right now. Yeah, go over there and hang out. Yep. So. Jake Fogelness Patreon, uh, there is a link in the show notes. So go over there and say hi to our boy. And, man, there's nothing else left to say, Pat. But until next time, we'll smell you at the box office. Hail.